Hi guys, welcome back to the Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast. Hannah Paula here, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. Wow, I am exhausted. <laughs> I actually just got back from Vegas um, for about five days, which if you've been to Vegas, a very long time to be there, but it was a freaking blast and it just, unfortunately, it flew by. But I will say I'm happy to be back in my routine and be back on here with another episode. So I'm really excited. So today, diving into part two of the listeners Q&A, I'm going to get all of your guys' questions answered. And we have some good topics today. So let's freaking dive in. Okay, so really good question here. And this is, I, I, I love questions that just make me rant. <laughs> Um, so this question says, talk about your thoughts on Ozempic and such. So things such as like Ozempic, Adapex, there's a few other things out there. Essentially, in simple terms, what these are, are they are quote unquote weight loss shots, weight loss pills. Um, each of them are a little different, but I'm just going to talk about them in general. Um, I feel like a lot of people won't like this answer, but stay the heck away from these. The reason I say that is because healthy, sustainable weight loss does not need anything like this. Ozempic, Adapex, anything like that. Essentially what these things do is they decrease your appetite. They speed you up. So essentially when you're, when your appetite's decreased from a medication or from a shot, you're not going to eat. You're hardly going to eat. You're not going to be hungry. So that's why people lose a lot of weight on them, right? But we're missing so many key components here. Like there's a difference in losing weight and losing body fat. So my first issue with these are, is that they're unneeded. They're unnecessary. Everyone can lose weight without them by doing it the right way. Yes. It's going to take a little bit longer, but, but <laughs> you are going to look better and feel better losing weight the right way without them. Yes, it takes longer, but it's a way you can keep your results forever. Doing something short-term like Ozempic or Adapex typically doesn't keep your results forever. And here's why. Like I said, these types of things, what they do is they decrease your appetite. You can't, you're not going to eat as much. So yeah, people lose a lot of weight really quickly because they're not eating, <laughs> which is not healthy. You know, most of us know like it's losing weight the right way. It doesn't mean not eating anything or eating like a bird. We have to get enough protein, carbs, and fats, not only to help fuel our body to lose weight the right way and stay strong and keep like our toned muscle, but also for our overall health, like each macronutrient has a specific function for our body, right? So here's the issue is most people that do these things like Ozempic or Adapex, they aren't changing their lifestyle habits and in the meantime. So again, they're just not eating. So you have to think about this. What happens when you stop taking the pill or when you stop doing the shot? What you're going to do is your appetite's going to come right back. And guess what? You're going to go back to eating just the way that you were before you did it. But the issue now is you're going to gain more weight back than where you started because your metabolism has downregulated from hardly eating. So essentially it's just adapted. It's trying to help you survive, right? It's adapted to you hardly eating anything. So when you just go right back to eating how you were before, you're going to pile the weight back on and it's going to be even more than before, usually because again, your metabolism has downregulated. 
oh, I could just go on on about this. So yeah, that's scary, right? That's why a lot of people will lose a lot of weight and then gain it all back and more afterwards. So that kind of gives you a simple explanation of why that happens and, and why this is an issue. Um, now, of course, it can be a little bit different, right? If, again, I will say, these things are not needed for weight loss. Um, they are unnecessary. Again, I'm very big on like not putting things in our body in terms of like things for weight loss that we don't need. Something that speeds you up and decreases your appetite, it can't be good for you, right? Like there's gotta be some type of side effect or like risk with it. And it, it just, you're not gonna feel good either. <clears throat> now it could be different if someone does these things, but they also change their lifestyle habits along with it. But again, typically doctors that prescribe these things, they're not they're not giving you that. They're like, here, write you, they write you a script here, take this pill. You know, you're going to lose weight. We'll check back in in eight weeks or whatever it may be. And it's like, these people aren't being taught anything. They're not being taught how to eat better and fuel their body to where when they come off the pill, they're going to be able to keep their results forever. Like I'd say 95% of the time they're going to gain all the weight back and more. So I hope that gives some insight on why these are dangerous and why they're unneeded for weight loss purposes solely. Um, now, obviously there's different things that come into play with weight loss, like hormones or PCOS, things like that. Now, again, there's other things that can help versus doing these types of things for weight loss. Like I'm just very big on not taking these types of drastic measures because typically it's not good for you and you're not gonna feel good. And second, it's not sustainable. It's not something you can do forever. And that's like, my whole thing is like, helping people find things that helps them get to where they want to be, but things that they can do forever so they can keep the results forever. And those types of medications or pills or shots, they are not a lifestyle change for people. Like it's, it's just not. Um, so yeah, I hope that gives some insight. <laughs> I can just keep going on and on about this, but um, you know, you know, I like to rant, <laughs> but like I said, I feel like I explained it in depth of like why you should stay clear of these things. <clears throat> So let's move on to the next question. Okay, I love this one. So bloating remedies. Okay, so I love this question because it's a very common question that I get. And most of the issue with bloating is dietary habits. So a lot of times you'll see scams online of like, oh, drink this tea, it'll totally reduce bloating or take this pill. And it's like, no, we don't need any of those things. Like literally changing your eating habits. So if you're constantly bloated, you're most likely, and you're like, you're just, you're not keeping track of what you're eating, you're eating whatever. You're most likely just eating a lot of processed foods. You're probably not eating a lot of fiber. You're not going to the bathroom regularly. You're not drinking enough water. There's all sorts of, you know, you're probably eating high, very high sodium. Like there's so many factors that come into play. So Whenever someone asks me for bloating remedies, who I'm not like, who I'm not working with, and I don't know what their food intake looks like, I'm going to go over both of these types of answers here. First off, it's like I said, switching of less processed foods. And what I mean by that and more whole foods is like processed foods are things that are packaged and that are processed, right? So like protein bars, granola bars, cereals, like things that are packaged, right? Things that such as like sweet potatoes, rice um, vegetables, fruits, those things are whole foods, right? Like they're not processed. Um, more whole foods is definitely going to reduce bloating. Definitely getting more veggies in is going to reduce bloating more water. Oh my gosh, more water, more water. This is usually the main factor in decreasing bloating. Is this drinking more water? Like I would say trying to get over hundred ounces daily is a really good general rule of thumb. Some will need more than that. 
you know, depending on how active they are, what their lifestyle is like, mostly need more. But if you can get to a place you're getting over a hundred ounces daily, like you're in a good freaking place. Like that's good. Um, and then also just like, you know, watching sodium as well, which again, if you're eating a lot of processed, a lot of fried foods, like, oh my gosh, your sodium is probably so high. And that's, of course, if you eat a lot of sodium, you're not drinking enough water, you're going to be retaining a lot more water. You're going to, you know, you're going to have a little bit of water retention um, if you're not eating enough fiber and not, you know, you're typically, if you're not eating enough fiber, you're not getting to the restroom regularly or like as regularly as you should be. So that will cause bloating. There's just so many factors that come into play. So my biggest suggestion for someone who's not tracking their food or water intake is drink more water, get like a water bottle from Amazon. They're so cheap. Look like literally search on Amazon, hundred ounce water bottle and you'll find so many options get one of those fill it up in the morning try to start drinking that each day that'll most likely help reduce bloating and then also with nutrition trying to do more whole foods again things you have to cook lean meats not frozen obviously you can do frozen but getting them raw and baking them or grilling them or air frying them is going to be your best bet um it's going to be more natural and less sodium uh more fruits, more vegetables. Um, it's going to help tremendously. If raw veggies bloat you, which is my case, typically I can't eat raw broccoli. You can do cooked veggies. Those typically are easier to digest. Um, but the overall, like I said, more water, more whole foods, AKA more lean meats, vegetables, fruits, and, um, complex carbohydrates, you know, things, sweet potatoes, oatmeal, Ezekiel bread, rice, things like that. Now, if you are someone, so like, you know, my clients ask this sometimes because like bloating is going to happen sometimes. It's just if it's consistent, that's where there's an issue. Um, So if you're someone who really watches your intake and like you do a pretty good job of drinking water and like you're just feeling bloated, maybe from like, you know, a night of like higher sodium meals or maybe you had crappy sleep the night before, regardless of why you're bloated. Again, a really good rule of thumb is water water, water, water. You just want to guzzle down the water. (laughs) Um, Taking a walk can also help with bloating. Another thing is teas are great. Now I know I talked, I just talked mass smack about teas, but I'm talking about like, like teas should not like like doing a tea is like a bandaid, right? Um, But it can help if you're just experiencing some bloating, maybe, you know, for whatever reason it could be, there's various reasons doing some type of herbal tea, especially like a ginger tea could be really beneficial. Um, if you're already doing all the things such as water, eating wholesome foods, etc., um, it can definitely, definitely help. Um, another thing too, this is so funny because it really does make a big difference is making sure you're chewing your food properly. So if you're not chewing your food enough, you can actually like that can actually cause bloating. So making sure that you're just, you're sitting down, you're not rushing your meals, you know, you're not walking around eating, like you sit down, you enjoy your meal, you don't drink water with it. That's another thing is like, just enjoy your meal, eat it, chew it thoroughly, and then wait to drink your water afterward. Um, It's going to help so much with digestion and, and helping with bloating. Um, but like I said, the quick remedies could be something like a, like an herbal tea that you can find at the store. Like don't spend a lot of money on it. Don't do all these crazy detox teas that you see online. Like those are unnecessary. Just get like an herbal tea that you have at your house that doesn't have caffeine in it. Specifically like a ginger tea, um, or like a turmeric tea would be great, um, to help with reducing bloating. So I hope that makes sense. And as always, you guys can always message me if you have any questions about these or need any specific recommendations. I'm happy to help. Okay. Next question here. Oh my gosh. I love this. So 
Um, this question says, what are the best core exercises in your opinion? So I want to say first thing is with core exercises, please know that like we cannot target fat loss in the core. So my goal with core exercises is to make the core stronger. And we're not like, again, you can do a million sit-ups a day. You can do hundreds of sit-ups a day, but if your diet's not on point and you're not in a deficit, like you're not going to get leaner there, right? It's all like, it's, it's all about just being in a calorie deficit and, and just losing weight in general. So like, for example, we can't just because we do sit-ups doesn't mean we're going to get a six pack, <laughs> right? Yeah. It can make your core stronger for sure. But the way for the abs to pop is just from getting leaner, losing body fat overall through nutrition, moving your body more, strength training, et cetera. So I hope that makes sense and brings some insight. Don't waste too much time on core exercises. Like, I'm sorry, but sometimes we waste too much time. I used to do this all the time. I would go to the gym and spend like a half hour on core exercises when it's like, that's the least important thing we should be training <laughs> for most. Now, obviously sometimes there's some specific issues, um, or, you know, if someone, whatever it may be, but this is just like in general. So, um, like I said, and you're working your core so much, like if you're strength training the right way, if you're doing your compounds, your squats, your deadlifts, you know, all these bigger movements, shoulder presses, like your core is being worked through all these movements. So essentially your core is going to get stronger from doing these, right? But I will say it's it's okay to add in a few core exercises. Um, like I said, I don't spend too much time with them. Typically with clients, I'll add in like two or three, three at the maximum. And everyone's a little different. Like I do one core exercise a week <laughs> um, because my core is being worked so much through like my heavy training movements and my heavy, my very, very intense training style. So um, I would say planks are great. Planks freaking suck, but they are a really good way to build strength and stability. Um, so if you don't know what a plank is, just Google it. It's very simple and time yourself, you know, set, set the timer low, like start with like 20 second, 30 second holds with a plank. You should definitely feel it in your core. And then over time, increase that. It's going to help develop, you know, way more core strength. Um, I really like leg raises for core as well. So you can either do them on the ground where your legs are straight, you raise them up kind of hitting that lower abdomen. Like I said, we're not, we can't target fat loss there, but this is just strengthening the area. Um, and then I also really like decline sit-ups. So if you have like a decline bench, you can do sit-ups on there. You can even do some like oblique where you like twist to the side. Um, and also ab roller is really, really great for core strength. So planks, leg raises, decline sit-ups, um, ab roller, also bicycle crunch. I love, love, love that one. So there's just a few, like I said, that are great for strengthening the core. We're not focusing on core to, to make our abs pop. That's going to come through diet and, um, and making sure that we're in a deficit and just losing weight overall in general. Okay. So this question was funny. It's like a personal question. What do you do for fun outside of fitness? So that's just such a funny question because fitness is my life. Like I just love it so much. I spend my days working, which obviously you got most of you listening. know, like that's my job, right? Like I'm an online fitness coach. So most of my days are spent working, which is fitness, <laughs> which I love. It doesn't even feel like work. And then I go to the gym and then, um, you know, it's just like, it's just, I enjoy it. I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy my work. I enjoy like reading articles, reading fitness books outside of it. It's just like my passion, what I love to do. And it's just, it's fun to me. Right. Um, so most of my life is consumed of fitness, 
because I love it, not because I feel like I have to do it. <clears throat> um, but I will say some things I like to enjoy I enjoy to do outside of fitness is definitely like going on dates with John. Um, you know, we like to grab food or go out to eat or like watch like a movie or a show and eat some yummy food. <clears throat> um, I love doing that. Like, like we're just very chill people. Um, obviously hanging out with my dogs, like at night, sitting on the couch with my dogs, hanging out with my family. So, and my friends are so like nothing crazy. Honestly, like if I go anywhere, it's like, I like to like go to a restaurant or something or just something fun, like the zoo or, you know, something similar. I'm not a bar girl whatsoever. Um, or any places like that. Like not that there's anything wrong with them. I just, I never like the atmosphere. It's very crowded and crowds just like, aren't my thing these days. So <laughs> yeah fitness for most of my life but just the usual hanging out with my man my friends my family my dogs and living a pretty chill life and that's what makes me the happiest <laughs> um okay last question here so sorry competing any plans to compete in the future or long-term future um okay so this is a really good question um okay so with competing I competed once when I was 18 so and I went just balls to the wall, right? Like I went from eating whatever I wanted as a senior in high school to just this strict prep for 10 weeks. And it was so hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard for my little 18 year old self to just like adapt to that. You know, I didn't cheat once I did it. I was freaking miserable, but it's because again, I didn't have, like, I, I wasn't really passionate about the sport, right? Like I just like did it because I felt like I needed to. I'm like, oh, I'm into fitness. Like I should just compete. You know what I mean? Like I should just do it. And I really didn't have like, and again, I didn't have any habits or like lifestyle habits in place yet. So I just went from doing whatever to this really strict prep. So anyway, it was still, it was awesome. I'm so glad I did it. It was like, oh, it was such a challenge in the best way possible. So where I'm at currently is I'm just, I love the sport. Every time I see like a wellness girl or like when one of my friends are competing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do it. Like they look so amazing. I love the challenge competing brings. Um, I'm not saying that I will never do it, but as of now, I don't have any current plans. Um, just because I feel like with competing, of course, I think it's something whoever's in a fitness and they're really into it. They train hard. They eat the right way, you know, pretty much like you train like a competitor. Then I think it's always like a good thing to do just once to experience it. Um, but with me, it's like my passion isn't there for the sport, if that makes sense. So essentially my reasoning to compete would be like, you know what, like I freaking work hard. Like, let's just see what we can bring to the stage, you know, and that can make prep a lot harder when you don't have like the gritty grind for the sport, not saying I wouldn't be dedicated, but I just want to make sure I, I'm doing it for the right reasons. If I do decide to do it. And I just, I just love where I'm at right now. I, I love, I'm growing. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm very intense with my training and my eating. Like people probably like, I eat like an off season competitor, right? Like I eat the same things every day. I train hard. I don't miss anything. Um, so I feel like it would be an easy thing to do, but like, I wouldn't do it just for it to be easy. It's like, I want it to be a challenge and, um, something that like, I really, really want to work at right now. Like my main goal is just like, focusing on my goals, of course, but also focusing on like my clients and like growing team PPF. And that's just like where my focus is right now. Um, not saying that I can't compete and do that, but right now, like I'm just in this like really good spot where I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't have the urge to do it until, like I said, until like one of my friends or someone I follow competes and they look amazing and just seeing all the shreds. I'm like, Oh, I want to do it. <laughs> but then like the urge goes away after like a week. So 
Um, but I would definitely do wellness if I did plan to compete. Um, not saying I won't ever do it, but there's also like, I, I have Crohn's. I don't know. I've talked about this on the podcast before and it does worry me to compete because when you compete, like a lot of people don't realize that bodybuilding competing, it's actually very unhealthy, but again, it's not something that like, it's not something that like you're doing for a prolonged period of time, right? Like prep is a very short period of time in comparison to like your life. <laughs> um, but with Crohn's, it's like the goal is to keep stress down. So with competing, it puts a lot of stress on your body. And I'm just really nervous that that could make things worse for me in terms of like my Crohn's and flare ups and things like that. So that's always like another concern. That's been a big reason why I haven't competed over the last several years because of it. Like I'm so, (laughs) I'm so paranoid of like getting really sick from it. And for right now, even though I'm going through a flare, it's still very well man, like managed, if that makes sense. Um, Sorry, that's Kai barking outside the door. He just loves to do that when I'm on a podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no plans as of now. But if I do, wellness would be the division. I love the look. I love the ladies that compete in it. And they are freaking rock stars. So so yeah, um, guys, that concludes part two of the Q&A. I hope this was insightful. Thank you all so much for who asked questions. I'll definitely be doing these more often because they're fun and I got great feedback on these. So I'm really excited to release this episode. Um, If you like this episode, please share, please tag me. Let me know what you think of these Q&As. I'm always happy to hear feedback and let you know what you guys like, what maybe you don't want more of. (laughs) So please let me know. But again, like I said, Thank you guys so much for being on this episode. Um, I'm already excited for next week's. Thank you guys. And we'll see you next week.